Is everybody ready? Oh, look at Arya. I'm Ariel. You're cute. Miss my Arya and Ariel. I'm ready. Where's Steph? Where's Steph? Wait, are we doing this without her? Because I'm down. Bottoms up. Let's go, Steph. I'm ready. Where's my mic? It's right here. Okay, I'm ready. I'm here. It's your favorite primas. It's your favorite primas. It's your favorite primas. Welcome to the Prima Tapes. This episode contains sensitive discussion topics, including miscarriage, abuse, suicide, and addiction. We also talk about sex. Scandalous! Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. That's like your late night host voice. <laughs> You're like one of those 1-800 like, numbers. 1-800 Gemini. Hi, we are back. We are here. Better and we ever. are queer. So true. Half of us. <laughs> Half of Alyssa. <laughs> so I am going to pass the mic to someone who swears she doesn't like Taylor Swift, but knows every lyric. <laughs> jams or jams. <laughs> but I maintain, don't come for me, audience. I am Liz. Thank you for bringing in the new year with me. I hope this helps if you're at home hungover, as you should be. I will be answering questions today. And just a disclaimer, I get, I'm a therapist, right? And I hold emotional space for other people, but I'm very uncomfortable with emotions because um, I'm a Gemini, If in case nobody knew. I don't know <laughs> if I've said that before, um, but I'm going to try my best. And I know it'll, it'll help a lot to have my primas here to help me answer these questions. But if I throw in a joke, I'm like, that's what I do when I'm uncomfortable. That's your like uncomfortable thing. Yeah, like Chandler Bing. Rest in peace. <laughs> you're always joking. <laughs> so let's just jump right into these questions then. So we'll keep it light at the beginning you, here. So as a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? So when I was little, I really wanted to be a fashion designer. I would carry around my portfolio and like I would cut pieces of fabric off of chairs, like my dad's chairs. I would cut pieces of fabric. So like, that's what I imagined this to be. And I would tape it to the page and stuff. Uh, and then as I got older in high school, I took, um, for some reason, I took the same class all four years. I don't think I needed that repeating credit, but I took uh, criminal investigations all four years. And every year we got, we had to do a PowerPoint on a serial killer. So I was like, I just am so interested in how their minds work and how the mind works. So then I wanted to get into psychology and I ended up staying with that throughout I ended up not being like a forensic psychologist but I ended up being a therapist so it worked isn't it true that a bunch of serial killers are Gemini's mm-hmm. I think it's a lot of Gemini's and a lot of Sagittarius, Sagittarius yeah. mm-hmm. but not us and they're like That's a, the toxic. a lot of them are really good looking yeah because so I, sh- I checked two of those three uh-oh I'm always watching you Vivi <laughs> and then they're the middle child mm-hmm. Ooh. a lot of greats are Gemini's Tupac, Biggie, Marilyn Monroe. Mm-hmm. I think Kanye Gemini. West is a Gemini. He's he had a time of being great. He looks like a Gemini. He is great. It seems <laughs> like a Gemini. <laughs> we're the healed. We're the healed version of Gemini. It's not the toxic version. <laughs> you don't remember? We would pretend like what we wanted to be when we grew up, and you wanted to be a veterinarian. Yeah. Oh my god. And you I would, so did. You had this cow. 
Like it was yes. like a brown and white cow. And, and it would give birth. And Valerie wanted to be a waitress. <laughs> I did. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you left it out. And I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure you want to be a veterinarian. <laughs> you're wrong. Yeah, you go through stages in your life. I do. Like you're young and you haven't started school yet, but that's what you want to be. Mm-hmm. You start school and the world hits you. And <laughs> yeah, you got to figure out how to make money. Well, veterinarian, I totally could have. But yeah, I completely forgot about that. I did. They actually surprisingly don't make a lot of money. They don't. They have to have like neither do therapists. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Alyssa, who's your favorite brother? Well, how many brothers do you have? So I have two brothers. Um, We share our mom. So technically, I'm an only child with my dad, but with my mom, I have two little brothers. And there's a big age gap. So the first one, he's eight years younger than me, and the second one's 13 years younger than me. Um, They're Diego and Noah. It better be listening. Um, <laughs> and I think uh, I probably a lot of people would guess my answer here or would think they know my answer because I spend more time with one brother, with Diego, because um, he has more freedom, right? He can he can spend a lot of time with me, whereas my Noah, he's 15. Mm-hmm. It's going to be probably with my mom. Um, or I like when I pick him up, my mom will be like, well, I want to go too. So I don't get to spend as much time with just Noah or just me, Diego and Noah, Mm -hmm. but I honestly don't have a favorite. Like they're so different from each other. And the way that you see our love being expressed between me and one brother and me and the other brothers looks completely different, but, um, I wouldn't be able to pick, I honestly can't pick a favorite. I just want to make a comment about something I saw, like what last month that we were all together. how like they were all like glued at the hip no matter where they were yeah. like they were touching at every moment I looked and that just made me so uncomfortable because like <laughs> if if like Steph accidentally touches me I'm like moving what? away she's like on the edge of the chair <laughs> I was actually gonna say when you say how when they see a she people think I treat one I feel like if you all three of you are together you guys are very the same like it's mm. like you guys are like I'm, we're not even lying. They're like in the comic house, like all interlocked somehow. Yeah. <laughs> if it's a whole like three person couch, we're on one cushion. All three of us. Yeah. I wonder if that has to do with the, you didn't get to spend your entire, entire full-time childhood with your brothers. Probably honestly. Cause I remember when I would come home from my dad's or then when I went to college too, and I would come home, they would just jump all over me. And mm-hmm. then they would want me to sit with them on the same scene and would share a blanket so yeah, probably. And I'm sure they look up to you a lot. So oh, yeah. probably another fun yeah. fact for our video watchers, show them your wrist tattoos. Oh Both yeah. Birthday. So my wrist, tat- my wrist tattoos are dedicated to Valerie. <laughs> just kidding they both dates are significant to valerie that was a coincidence but they are my brother's birthdays my ego and my noah my aries and my virgo little brothers okay. i was about cool. to ask you what their zodiac signs were because you hadn't there mentioned you it yet <laughs> <laughs> there's one thing i'm gonna do <laughs> how are they relatable to you val besides the 910 one because i know that's your birthday 910 is my birthday and then diego's birthday is my wedding anniversary Mm-hmm. What's your wedding anniversary? For 14. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. If you ever hold that, please. <laughs> if you can go back to any year, which one and why? 
So initially when I, I saw this question come in, I, my first thought was 2016, which was when I was 21 and then a little bit of, did I turn 22? Yeah. A little bit of 22 in there. Um, Cause I was such a fun year. Like I was just going out all the time. I like now, if I go out and I black out, I wake up with so much anxiety and I hate that back then I would black out and I would wake up and I was like, Oh, that was so funny. Like, I, I just had funny <laughs> stories. I just had no cares. Have you ever gotten into a fight? No, I have never gotten into a fight, but I almost did one time or I tried to, uh, me and my cousin went to a bar and some girl kept pushing her, I think. And I'm very, very protective, even though I can't fight, like I have a big mouth and I can't back it up at all. Um, but yeah, the girl tried to fight my cousin. So I tried to jump in literally in the first seconds of that fight. Cause it ended up being like a whole brawl. Uh, they pushed me and I twisted my ankle and I never got up. And the whole thing happened with that. <laughs> you didn't, Alex. Wait, is this a cousin yes. who's like a wrestler? Yes. So you tried to defend your wrestler cousin? Yeah, because she was my baby cousin and I was not <laughs> thinking rationally. <laughs> like she got this, but I did not realize that. Okay. Have any of you ever gotten in a fight? Yes. yes. <laughs> with each other. <laughs> I got in a fight really young with somebody from like we lived in apartments. We both did. We fought sisters. <laughs> you were there? Yes. All I know is I came home with like her hair extensions in my pocket <laughs> and her mom at my door asking for asking for my mom. Literally asking for her daughter's hair back. <laughs> They're expensive. Yeah. Extensions are extensions well, are expensive. But mm-hmm. I feel like we never knew anything about that. And my mom was freaking out because my mom literally thought Vivian pulled someone's actual hair out, <laughs> like off their head. And then so Vivian comes and like she just takes the hair out of her jean pocket <laughs> and gives it to my mom. No. <laughs> I was, was like, her hair. Actually, Vivian was there on my only one and only fight was during a soccer game. And um, there's this girl just going at it. And then um, she tripped over the ball, but she thought I pushed her. And she came back and like nudged my face in. And that's all I remember. At the end of it, I was like out of it and everyone was just fighting there. That was, yeah. Yeah. And it's the only game adult, like when I was an adult that my mom went to. (laughs) She's like, I'm not coming to these games no more. (laughs) What about you, Val? No, 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 no. I've gotten my hair pulled from two different directions, but I didn't do anything. Everyone, <laughs> all my friends make fun of me because I was like, are you guys serious right now? When they were pulling my hair, they said I just stood there and I was just embarrassed. <laughs> they were trying to start a fight with me. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> List, does size matter? I think we should all answer this question, <laughs> um, but I say yes. But also it's hard because probably not as much as like emotional connection, you know, but, but the size of their brain. I might, yeah, that does. No, <laughs> that. I think a big brain is a medical issue. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but I feel like, I feel like I would never get to know the emotional connection. <laughs> you wouldn't get to that point if no. there was so for no me, girth. For me, I'm shallow and it does matter. Well, what we're when we're talking size, like what's your preference? Are you speaking length or girth? Like, <laughs> both. I feel like both, because like 
I, daddy, don't please don't listen to this. <laughs> don't say daddy. <laughs> Father, please don't listen to this. Um, I would say like it should be an average, average for both. I agree. Imagine like really long and skinny. I agree. Really like, what do they say? It's like a hot dog in a hallway. It just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who's got a hallway <laughs> it's not the size of the ocean it's the motion, in the ocean. <laughs> That's not true. you can't do much with like a puddle you know oh my god <laughs> i'm so confused like, you would be confused yeah like, i only <laughs> half understand this Vivian's like okay i'm gonna hit out what is average to you um measure with your hands what because for the video i would say like six or seven is okay six i think maybe five is okay i think average is six i think average is six to seven inches Mm -hmm. and i think size matters but i do think that sometimes men with a bigger size rely on just their size and they don't really know what they're doing and it's true that the connection makes it better right like so Mm -hmm. if the size isn't as big or what you want it and when you have an emotional connection or you love the person i'm not getting all mom about it <laughs> no that's true because we, like, if we don't it feels let better yeah well we don't let men judge us right we're like oh my gosh if you don't like small boobs you're shallow but they're also born with their penises and can't change the size of their <laughs> so maybe we shouldn't be that hard on them well, they could change the size just like i mean can change the size of their boobs just so you know does mm-hmm. it still function when yeah. you change the sides yeah i think so if i was truly just looking for an emotional connection first and foremost no it wouldn't matter right you guys skipped alex okay oh. you can skip me. <laughs> it's an emotional thing to me so i don't think but maybe i've never had smaller have been really good yeah do you know how to ride a bike First of all, whoever <laughs> submitted that question, you knew what you were doing. That was mean. No, I don't know how to ride a bike. I never learned how to ride a bike. I never wanted to. So you don't ever just see like a bike or see somebody riding a bike. Like I feel, I wish I could do that. Okay. Yeah. When I say I never wanted to as a kid, I didn't want to now. Yeah. And I just feel like it's too late. I learned at 13, Ramsey showed me how to ride a bike without training wheels. Uh, send Ramsey over here. We should teach her. Yeah, make it a, do a whole uh, episode on it. Uh huh. Riding with Alyssa. <laughs> yeah, actually, teach me, guys. I do want to learn now. <laughs> Stephanie actually taught me how to ride a bike, and it was funny and rem- a memorable experience. <laughs> but I learned. <laughs> Did she? Was I yelling? Yes. <laughs> That's what I need. I respond really well to that. <laughs> teach me. That's old me. That heals me. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind then. <laughs> you got it. Go, go. How would you rate your driving? So I asked my brother's girlfriend, Kelly, um, because she's I she doesn't rate my driving well, right? And I was like, well, how would you describe it? And she's like, um, is reckless the word? <laughs> no. Maybe because you never crash so she says I'm an impatient driver and maybe it comes off that way but I hate I hate driving I'm anxious the whole time I want to get off the road as quick as possible so yeah I guess I'm an impatient driver but I just don't want to be driving anymore 
Like I, I'm really blind. And I always say, I hope one day that the doctor tells me I can't drive anymore. So I have a good reason not to. <laughs> have you always had anxiety driving? Um, I think so. Cause yeah, I never wanted, like, even when I was little, my dad bought me one of those like toy Jeeps for kids that you can drive. I refused to drive it. I did not want to. When he finally forced me to learn how to drive, I refused. I didn't want to. He's like, you have to. So I think I never wanted to. And then I got into a relationship where I did all the driving and that just made it so much worse. Like I was just constantly having panic attacks. I would always have to pull into parking lots and stuff. And yeah, so I don't know where it came from. It's just always been there. I feel like there's a lot of people like that. Like, I feel like I have met so many, like I have other cousins that they refuse to drive. Like get like they get so terrified of driving. I mean, think about it. We're like in these big metal boxes with all these other metal boxes going over 60 miles an hour. That's so scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I hate to drive. I get anxiety driving. I can't mm-hmm. stand it. Or if I'm going to a mall, like I hate to go during Christmas time because I'm like, oh, yeah. oh, I don't want to park. I don't want to have to like do anything. I wish I had a chauffeur. Mm-hmm. I think it's the fact that even if you're doing the best job and you're being proactive and paying attention to everything around you, you can't control people in their other in other vehicles. Mm-hmm. So it's like you still have a chance of having an accident or something happening to you, even if you're driving perfect. But yeah. you have to always be aware. Like I feel like I'm always aware of every single car around me. Or like I'm always watching four cars behind me to see what speed mm-hmm. they're going you know yeah so something my boss says is like I don't know I don't think all therapists are like this right but it's something that might draw us to the job the way she explains herself is exactly how I feel like I can feel the energy in the room I can be very aware of how things make me feel but my observational awareness is awful it's terrible so I can't I'm a very distracted driver um and as much as I I can think oh I should be paying attention I can do that for two seconds mm-hmm. and then and then I can't like I just I have really bad observational awareness. Be more aware, Alyssa. Okay, (laughs) I'll just be better. You're right. (laughs) Just be better. (laughs) All right, Liz, we're going to get a little bit deeper. So be ready. Okay. So what are your, what are three memories that define who you are and you would like to relive? Um, So one of the main ones, honestly, that I always think of is with, with Valerie and Alex. So the very first time I stayed over anywhere was at, at your house, Alex and Valerie, you were there and we stayed up all night. We pulled an all nighter. And then in the morning we went outside and we made a song about the morning. Yes. About, it's a beautiful morning. <laughs> and then like everything that was around us. And then we came in and we made breakfast for Lori and Felipe. We cut fruit. I don't know. I think that's all we did. We, cut we fruit? just put like a banana in a blender. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, yeah, it was a smoothie, a breakfast uh-huh. smoothie. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. And we took it to them, but it was so fun. And that was the first time my mom let me spend the night anywhere at my cousin's house. But, and you were here, but it was a three. And it was a lot of fun. I, I always saw remember. the sunrise. Mm-hmm. We did. I remember. And we, we choreographed a dance. We made yeah. a song out there in the backyard. My parents did not eat the food. <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> Probably had like big old chunks in it. And stuff. <laughs> we're little. We, we must have been like seven. Well, me, yeah, I was... let us use the blender. They were asleep. <laughs> they didn't know. <laughs> Another one I remember, I think it was during the pandemic, maybe, and I wasn't living at home, but I came home to my mom's house 
And it was just me and my mom and the boys. And then we put on the whole, you know, I don't know if you guys know the Daft Punk Discovery album. It has a whole movie, right? All the music videos together. We put that on and we had all the lights out and we were just dancing. We danced through the whole thing an hour in the dark. So that was fun. That's why I'm so attached to One More Time. Like I always loved it, but now it has like an emotional memory behind it. Mm -hmm. It's a good song. It is. Freaking masterpiece. The third one. Um, in 2018, me and my dad went to Hawaii and one of the excursions we did was it took a raft that took us to some caves, but on our way there, the guy that was driving it, he just stopped in the middle of the ocean. He's like, all right, who wants to swim? I'm like, I didn't waste any time. I just jumped right in the ocean. Cause that's been my dream always just to swim in the middle of the ocean. So that one also oh, that's awesome. core memory. You can't drive, but she'll just swim in the middle <laughs> of the ocean where you can't see anything. <laughs> I don't even know you've been yeah. to Hawaii. <laughs> I did, I did. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, Valerie, someone make it make sense. I don't know. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> Maybe it's because it's like you're free. Like there's, mm-hmm. I mean, I know there's like obviously we don't really know everything in the ocean, but in a way you do feel free, like you're just one there. And then I feel yeah. like vehicles are so many factors into playing so much That's noise. True. If you are someone with high anxiety and stuff that being at the ocean actually brings you a lot more or being near water brings you a lot more peace. I remember doing that when I was little where you would just put your ears inside the water of your bathtub and everything would just yes. like silence. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That's probably the last time I had peace. Who makes you the most you? Uh, that's hard. Um, like I think in a lot of places after some time I can be completely myself. I think the reason I feel like I can be me around certain people is because of my dad though. Like he's the start of it all. So like throughout my life, anything, the worst thing I've ever done, I could tell him and there would not be a big reaction or anything. It would just be like, um, if he was disappointed or something, he would sit me down and he would talk to me. But even then it was like, I'm not judging you. Um, Mm -hmm. it's okay, but you can't be doing this so I think he's the main foundation why I can be myself with anybody else how old were you when you moved out so I've moved out three times uh the first time I was 18 and I went to college in a different state so that was the first time I moved there for a year second time I moved out not even knowingly like I just I got into a relationship and I slowly started spending more time at his house. And then before I knew it, I was living there for two years. Um, but the one that I really count is when I decided to move out recently. So I don't know how old I was. I was 26, 27, I think. And I moved out to my own apartment with um, my roommate, who's also my best friend, Monique. And I know we mentioned it in, the, in um, your episode movie, right? Where it works out because she doesn't really live with oh, yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Um, because right now she she has um her own life going on and she ended up moving in with her boyfriend um because that's what was best for her at this time but in the beginning she did live with me and it was like it was a summer party every night it was so fun (laughs) um but now it's like I live on my own and I I love it I I always thought of this day like my parents were great but they were divorced so I always was going back and forth and worried like they're gonna think I spent too much time with this parent and vice versa so now all my stuff is one in one place I worry a lot less have a lot less anxiety so this time is the one that really counts and have you had any recent fallouts quite a few 
and I, I, I won't go too much into detail, but since 2021, I lost a best friend of 17 years then. And it kind of just started a domino effect. Um, I lost another friend. And then recently I lost contact with a cousin that I was very, very close with. And it's not like I lost her because she'll, she'll always be my cousin, but we've lost contact. And I just think it's sometimes the way life goes. I've also brought really new, important friendships into my life. I've grown closer with you guys here. And I feel like sometimes life just does that to make room for what you need. I'm getting better at boundaries. That's part of it too. Um, so I try not to dwell on it too much. I think it's definitely growth. Because mm-hmm. I think even for me personally, as I've started healing and stuff, I feel like I would rely on validation of others, not necessarily like in a partner or a man, like mm-hmm. even in other people. Like I felt like I have to have validation from others or I would get close to people or have to tell them my ideas or have to make them have a buy-in and wanting to do things with me mm-hmm. and that validated who I was as a person. And yeah. then I think once you realize some friendships weren't healthy or once you realize some relationships weren't healthy even if it's family right mm-hmm. once you realize those things are unhappy and you like start becoming it kind of makes you grow up yeah it makes you kind of be like in love with yourself and get confidence in what you're doing like I don't need validation and I actually think once you get to that point in life where you could sit alone where you could be alone and mm-hmm. you're good friendships are different yeah because then it's more of you're adding value to positive things you can have very toxic friendships where it's like you didn't answer me you didn't Mm -hmm. call me why didn't you come to this why didn't you come to that like I can't believe you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. you know I've you've been my friend for this long and you don't even care and sometimes it's really not like that you know what I mean and then so I think that's really really good I I also think you can have different friends for different things if Mm -hmm. that makes sense so I have friends that I know I can just go to lunch to go to lunch with and just have a fun easy going lunch and then I have friends that I really confide in and sometimes they just have no reason anymore and you just gotta give them the boot yeah and it's hard I think though in the past, I would have been in a very different place where losing people would have been just devastating. Mm-hmm. And now it tells, it shows me that I'm growing. I see it mm-hmm. that way now. Yeah. And do you miss any of them or? Oh yeah. Um, well, I'll say the best friend that I lost that had been my best friend for my best friend for 17 years. I reminisce on our memories, but I don't miss that. Um, when it, when that friendship ended, I just felt relief and that's no disrespect to her. Cause we had a great friendship for the most part, but the, uh, the bad part started to outweigh and a couple others. I feel like it happened for a reason. My cousin though. Yeah. Yeah. I miss sure. her a lot. Mm-hmm. Talking Green. about lost relationships, has your political views affected any of your relationships with people that you're close to? You know, none of the falling outs were due to that. But it definitely has affected the way I feel in in certain relationships. Um, and it's been relationships with people that it's it's one or the other. It's either on one hand, there's somebody who's close to me that I'll never they'll never leave my life, so I just have to adjust. Mm-hmm. or it's someone who was never really that important to me that I just I just deal with it. Um, and the relationship maybe wasn't great and it got worse, but it's not a big deal. Um, but I think it's something we kind of all can struggle with at some points. 
it's a delicate you know, I mean thing. they do say like you never should bring you know politics into like family and conversations but I always feel it is kind of hard especially to me like I don't feel like I'm a super political person but I feel like I am like a humanitarian like things that are like inhumane mm-hmm. like those things like and it's kind of hard because when you see people or even people that you love, like have no issue with what's going on, it's kind of like, who are you? <laughs> like yeah. as a person, you, you yeah. it's kind of hard to unsee it sometimes, especially if you do get heated. And I think a lot of us are very like strong on that. So I think sometimes like I've been in that where I'm like, how could you even think this way? Or how could you validate this? Or how, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important to remember that just how our opinions are really important. Other people's opinions are really important too. And you have to just respect them even if you don't agree with them, especially family members or people that are older than us that just grew up differently. They're going to have views that don't align with ours. But if you can't talk politics with your family, who are you supposed to be talking to? about politics because you can't do it online wars like online wars (laughs) (laughs) well I remember being like working in um retail like it was like off limits when someone started talking about politics I was like nope I would leave the room because that causes like a lot of I guess tensions between those are your workers like I or religion same thing Mm -hmm. like don't be talking about that family I mean it's okay to it's like a health thing just to go back and forth debate Mm -hmm. see it other people's side mm-hmm. of how they why did they think that way so mm-hmm. sometimes that's okay but I remember and actually this was during the time that I think it was Obama during that um political campaign I had two managers who were like older and they were like freaking out about Obama like winning like they were literally <laughs> thinking the world was gonna end I was like oh my gosh what is going on or you know like <laughs> I'm just shocked you were working during the Obama campaign. I wasn't <laughs> enough to vote. <laughs> that was Thank the you, first Val. time I was able to vote that year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait. Mm-hmm. That's when I had a child. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, wait. I was in eighth grade. The role to it always. And that's what I always try to tell myself is like, I know that I love them and they love me. But sometimes it's hard to look past it. And sometimes you just yeah. have to try your best. But it can be hard. It's because there's always the bigger picture, right? Like the little people suffer over it. And it's like, well, they had to die to get what we want, you know? And yeah. it's yeah. ridiculous, honestly. <laughs> That's where I have a harder time where I won't agree to disagree if you're trying if you're trying to say someone is less deserving of basic human rights and life, then yeah, it's gonna be that question. Who are you? Do I even know you? And so I've I've questioned that about people who are super, super important to me and that I love. And it changes the whole relationship the whole dynamic of the relationship changes I could see that Mm -hmm. for sure Alrighty then so what is your we did get a question about abortion so what is your take on abortions I first want to point out that whoever submitted this question said abortions question mark (laughs) (laughs) so I mean my thoughts on abortion I'm pro-choice whatever your choice is right if you if you don't believe that that that's a a right thing to do, then don't do it. Right. I think the question was, have you ever had any abortions? I, I can answer that to too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I have. I've had one. And 
I, I also miscarried once and I feel like, um, people don't understand that that's not just like a, well, I'm just going to go get an abortion. Mm -hmm. I'm just, let me go. They're handing them out. You know, let me go get one. There's still a lot of emotion. There's still a lot of thought and choice that goes into that. That's the whole thing behind pro-choice. Like you, you get to make your own choice and you have to sit and think on it and pick what's best for you. And everyone has their own reasons. It doesn't have to be a meaningful reason to me, but it'll be meaningful to you who's making that decision. And um, I mean, I've been in that position. I know it's not easy to make that decision, but sometimes you have to, or sometimes you want to, and that's okay. I don't think anyone should ever tell you what you want to do with your body. I don't, I don't understand why it's such a big debate. That's just my stance. Just let them do what they want their I body tell you why it's a big debate it's because it's a woman's thing and we're seen as less we're seen as a vessel for something else we're not seen as a whole human just like mm-hmm. men yeah not all men are like this but men can easily take themselves out of the equation oh yeah you know easily just be like and in a way they are kind of having their own abortion like if you think about it like just because it's not physically happening to their body you know a lot of times and again I'm not saying this is all men because there are very good men that don't do these things and take responsibility but there are a lot of men that can easily run away never Mm -hmm. have to pay a cent never have to help with it financially or even just be there for the child. It's just, unfortunately, it is a lot more common for the man not to be around versus a woman. You know what I mean? So sometimes a lot of people don't understand that part. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could have a personal opinion about it, right? I don't necessarily feel um, I would ever do that, you know, but I would never vote against women not being able to have that right. I think it is Mm -hmm. a woman's right to do that. And I would never be that person. I'm, I'm going to go rally against that at the clinic or, mm-hmm. you know, and I am religious, you know, um, but I think it is your choice. And besides that, like, sometimes you could do more harm bringing a child in, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and sometimes the situation, I think there's so many situations that that should be necessarily necessary, you mm-hmm. know, so um, but I think it should be our choice a hundred percent all the time. I'm definitely that. Because it's, ne- it's never a black and white no. decision for anybody. Also, I just want to say that I think it's really cool that you're sharing about your miscarriage, yeah. because I think a lot of women don't talk about it and it makes you feel, I don't know if it's shame or embarrassed. I don't know why everybody doesn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. I feel like everybody a lot of people can relate to your situation so I think that's really cool that you shared that with us yeah I I didn't make eye contact with the camera but I shared it <laughs> but no I think it is important to share and to talk about I luckily had a best the best support system during that time um so it was it was good it, it worked out so we're gonna get into your relationships have you ever been in a toxic relationship <sighs> exclusively in toxic relationships um but specifically one um, my first serious relationship the one where I slowly moved out like that happened because it was toxic right and typically a toxic relationship moves really really fast in the beginning it has there's that love bombing stage right and then things just get um 
probably it happens over time, but it's hard to notice because it's subtle. And then suddenly things are really, really bad. Um, but yeah, that relationship, it doesn't even feel like it was my life. Like it was so, so bad. Um, I was in it for two and a half years and all the, like the boundaries I can set now, all the growth I've done is because I had to go from one extreme to the other. I, I had to like, in order to save myself, basically it was codependent. He was an addict. Um, it was abusive in many ways. It was just every definition of the word toxic you could think of. It was, it was there. Um, yeah. So there's so many things that I just don't talk about, about that relationship, but I can say, yeah, it was toxic a hundred percent. Do you feel like that was like your first relationship? Cause I'm not too sure. Like to me, I never, ever saw you like being with like someone or, <laughs> you know, um, but I didn't know if that was because you were private or was this person like your first actual real boyfriend? No. Yeah, that was my first real relationship. I had had like I dated people for months, like months long periods, but it was never a commitment. And I even before I ended up in that relationship, I was convinced I was like, I'd never want a relationship. I don't I I was never interested in it. Commitment just wasn't I mean I didn't have any role model of commitment for me any like healthy relationship so I just didn't believe it was a real thing I didn't believe it existed and I didn't want it but that relationship just before I knew it we we're just talking we we're just hanging out and before I knew it I was living with him and I, I never intended it to become a relationship and it did but yeah it was my first one if you could go back and tell yourself something while you were in that relationship what would it be um I would say basically like the main thing is love is not enough. Um, I think through a lot of things, it was just, I, I told myself this hurts, this sucks, but it doesn't hurt as much as it would hurt to leave him. And I wanted, I would tell her leaving him would hurt way less. In fact, it would feel really, really good. Um, but yeah, that's the thing that through the worst, worst things, I was like, yeah, but it would be way harder to leave. Like I'm, I'm just, I love him so much. And I don't think I did. I don't think I loved him. I think I was just very attached, very dependent. And I don't think he loved me. So it just, it was more, I think I would tell myself, you're just, you're, you need to take a step back. Love is not enough and it's okay to leave. You'll survive it basically. Did you ever feel like you couldn't leave him because you felt bad for him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so um, I felt like responsible for him, bad for him and responsible for him. Like I can say like now I look back and I think like he's evil. He was evil. But yeah. back then I was like, he's just he's struggling. He's he had a lot of mental health issues. He had addiction issues. And that's mostly what I saw. And then he was very talented at showing a really good side of him. Right. um that I believed was real right so I was like he that's the real him he just has he's just life so hard for him like mm -hmm. and I can help him and everyone in his life was telling like his mom his friends everybody was telling me how good I was for him too um mm -hmm. so yeah I did that's a lot of what kept me there too and I but at that time I just thought it was love a fairy tale like you love someone and you just make it work and you just try mm -hmm. your best because you love them and you you work it out no matter what when 
I see so much. It's like, you could love someone and know that they're not good for you. Mm -hmm. And you just have to have that in your mind. I think we just need to teach more of that. Mm Because I think what we learned growing up of love, like from like fairy tales and just like what kind of like our parents maybe tell us is, you know, you meet someone, you love them, and then you just like get married, you make it work, you never leave that, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think that's super brave of you. And I have a question about it is like, did it, did that relationship affect ever affect any relationships like with your parents? Like, did your parents ever tell you like, what are you doing? Why? Like, you know what I Mm -hmm. mean? Like, yeah, it definitely. Um, so with my dad, nothing changed in our relationship, except that I could see that I was hurting him by being in that relationship. So then as much as I knew I could tell him anything, I didn't want to, cause I didn't want him to hurt for me. Mm-hmm. So I didn't share that much with him. Um, and when we would fight, I wouldn't go home to his house, even though that's where I was more comfortable. Cause at my mom's house, I didn't have a room at my mom's house anymore. Um, so I didn't like going back there when we would have a fight felt so like cold and uncomfortable because I was just in the guest room and it would have been nice probably if I went to my dad's house and I felt at home, but I didn't want to go to my dad's house because I knew he would like just be hurting so much seeing me hurt or he would go kill him or something. (laughs) I think I just kept a lot from both of them the whole time and I didn't have to, but I just was it was all in my head like I didn't want to stress them out or affect them but I also feel like being with an addict too you become an addict oh yeah yeah I I think that's something because I feel like me and my sisters I think went through because I think my dad was an addict for sure and I feel like it did become our issue Mm -hmm. like where we were always trying to like do certain things a certain way or to hopefully make him stop Mm -hmm. or to make them see differently you know so I think it definitely becomes your and I think we had a family member who was a recovering addict and he would help so much Mm -hmm. and he would always say you can't let it be you cannot let it be your addiction too yeah I actually talked to your mom a lot through that relationship I'm I will forever be so thankful for her she told me because my my partner at the time he wasn't allowed at either of my parents houses or anything and your mom told me he's allowed here anytime um because she knew like that's what it took for me to be able to go to someone and talk about it so I'm forever ever thankful for her she's an angel Mm -hmm. that woman she is back to what Stephanie was saying about our parents telling us that you got to stick it through I feel like I had the opposite parents where they always told me like what your worth is and everything and when I would meet certain people men that were didn't come from the same household that I came from were like if they were missing parents or their parents were mean to them I felt so bad for them and I was like here Mm -hmm. I am like I have a beautiful family I can bring them in I can make them better and I didn't I did not make them better so I feel like I don't know if it's women that we just maybe like we have to take gravitate everybody and everything but that's one thing that I don't think I could put on my parents because yeah. they always told me value yourself you don't need to take crap from anybody even when I was in my toxic relationship even grandma Lulu offered me money so that I can get out of my lease And in my head, I was still thinking like, wait, if I get out of my lease, where's he going to go? What is he going to do when that was never our responsibility? Yeah. 
whatever you want to share. But the question is, what's the craziest thing happened while you were in that relationship? So I feel like I've gotten deep already. So I can, I just want to put a disclaimer that the craziest thing that happened isn't going to be like cute, crazy or funny, crazy. Like it was, it was mostly bad. And I feel like the worst thing, the craziest thing I won't share, but I can share a little story. So one time, I think it was during COVID during that time, I was just, I was pretty sure he was cheating on me, but I couldn't prove it. And then one time he asked me to take him to a friend's house to pick something up. So I drove him there. And when he was inside, his phone was connected. He left his phone connected to my car. So I called the last person, someone named M, that I kept seeing pop up on his phone. I was like, who is this? And it was his ex. And I was able to see all their messages. And I don't think it was proof proof, but like a pretty good indication that he was cheating. And so when he got back in, my plan was to, I had to go take him somewhere else after that. My plan was to drop him off and leave and go to his house and get my stuff and get out. Um, And I was not going to say anything. But as I was driving him, I said it. I was like, when I drop you off here, I'm leaving. you got to find another way home. And I'm I'm leaving. I'm going to go get my stuff. And he started, um, I feel like this is so dramatic. Um, He pulled out a knife and he acted like he was going to kill himself if I left him. And he was threatening it. And then um, he's like, I'm going to. Um, when you stop at the light, I'm going to get out. I'm going to run into traffic. And I had to stop at a light, right? I couldn't run a red light. And he did. He got out. And so I had to call 911 on him. And then they held him at gunpoint. Like it was a whole thing. Side note, this is what he said happened. I wasn't there. And then I didn't leave because I felt bad because I made the cops pull a gun on him. I've had a similar mm-hmm. situation with the threatening of taking their lives. Where I was like, you know what? I called his sister and I said, this is what he's telling me. And mm-hmm. I can't do this. It's it's out of my hands now. Yeah. And I imagine at that point, it's you have always been the one who is there there to take care of them. So it's it hurts. It's hard to then not take that responsibility anymore. And the audacity to go from like, you're the one upset because something traumatic just happened to you. You just found out your partner is cheating on you and then they flip it. And now you're feeling bad for them Mm -hmm. where you're not even upset about the cheating anymore. They Mm -hmm. just manipulated you this whole master especially if you do love them and care for them of course you're not going to want them to harm themselves or do Mm -hmm. any of that you know I've been in that situation too where you know they just feel like they have to end their life if you don't with them and then you just like love them right Mm -hmm. and you want to you know you but you were set that you know that you don't need to be here yeah and it's like what do we even do at the end of that relationship when I had made my decision I was confident in it he didn't like he changed his number I don't know how many times he had friends calling me telling me he was suicidal he pretended to be his mom and and texted my brother Diego texted my brother to tell him that I needed to call because he was suicidal and each time I I said that's not my problem anymore like I was finally in a good place and but I was pissed that he involved my brother. Well, I'm glad he moved on from that. Me too. So what would be your biggest advice to someone in a toxic relationship right now that maybe is scared to get out or doesn't know what to do? When I was in it, I I allowed him to isolate me from a lot of people or to let me communicate a lot less. And I would say, hold on to your people. Even if you can't tell them everything, hold on to your people. Like they're, they're the ones that are either going to get you through it or get you out of it. Um, even if it's not right away, 
me being on the other end of it, having friends and loved ones in toxic situations. I've definitely had times where I couldn't hold my tongue. And I, I said something bad about their partner or to their partner. And I know that when I was in it, that, that didn't help the situation at all. Um, so maybe be, be understanding that your loved ones are hurting, seeing you hurt and also be clear about your boundaries and be clear about what you need from them. It's hard to give advice to someone who's in it because when you're in it, you can't see it clearly. And if I'm telling this to someone, they might not realize they're in a toxic relationship. So I think maybe just in general, um, love doesn't have to be unconditional. It shouldn't be unconditional. Um, you can forgive them if they make like a silly mistake or if they have a bad day. Right. But if they are treating you like less than a person, if they're calling you terrible things or they put their hands on you any of that that that's that part shouldn't fall into the unconditional right you deserve to be treated well you deserve to have your boundaries respected you deserve to be respected as a person mm -hmm. and it's okay to put your foot down and it doesn't mean you don't love the person mm -hmm. right? but you you got to love yourself more for me I think my wake-up call is always thinking what would I do if this was my best friend or my mom would I be okay with them being treated that way why am I okay with me being treated that way even mm -hmm. when we talk bad about ourselves to ourselves right when we're like oh my goodness we're over would we say that to our family members and our best friends no we just need to treat ourselves with love and kindness all the time mm -hmm. actually that's what helped me though when you say when you said would I let my mom or like my grandma be treated that, mm -hmm. that way for me obviously since I'm a mom I always would think about that about my daughters. Mm -hmm. Like I always would think, you know, like what would I do if this was happening to Mia? Mm -hmm. Like what would I be doing? Like, and I would always tell myself, I'm like, oh my God, I would have kidnapped her already. Mm -hmm. Like I would have taken her. I would, you know what I mean? And I think if you're a friend watching, you know, if your loved one is in a toxic relationship, I think the best thing you can do for them is always be there, like mm -hmm. unjudgeable because that's when you also start isolating yourself you know yeah. I've been that person too where I'm just like oh hell no like and I'll and I'll be super confrontational with the partner <laughs> like you know like with my loved one's partner or mm -hmm. you know I would even be that way you know seeing my mom go through that I would even be that way toward my dad you know what I mean and I think it definitely affected my relationship with him so I think now me being in one and then me watching one I think that's something is like know how much you love your loved one and don't give up on them and still mm -hmm. check on them because you don't ever know when because right. sometimes you will isolate yourself so much you literally will have no one mm -hmm. to and call you, and you want your loved one to have somebody to go to when they're ready yeah yeah and, and then I also feel it. like when you're in a relationship like that you hear it from so many people like the bad like oh like why are you still there and mm -hmm. I can't believe he's doing this and that and they already you already know you already mm -hmm. know all these things to so hear from another person it's not going to change anything mm -hmm. so I do feel like you need that person that's just going to be like understanding even though you have to bite your they have to bite their tongues you know mm -hmm. but at least you know like you can come to me you know like mm -hmm. I'm not gonna judge you I won't badmouth them if that's what you don't want you know like that's a balance too of not neglecting yourself to be there for other people but um it takes it's not easy right it takes a lot of effort do you want a relationship right now or are you waiting for the right person 
no and no uh-huh. <laughs> like I said I think I never wanted a relationship and I just ended up in one and then after that I ended up in another toxic relationship a lot more short-lived I recognized it a lot earlier and got out of it and then after that another just kidding um <laughs> but most of most of the dynamics I enter into I think I'm just attracted to that but I've learned to recognize it earlier and get out of it and um those are the things that suck me in but if if not for that I never wanted a relationship I never feel like I want one but I also if I meet someone and I enter into something even if it's casual I'm open to the idea if I get to a point where I feel that I can trust them and I feel like it can be something good that I'm open to the idea. They do say if you're desperately looking, you're going to find someone desperately looking. And when they're desperately looking, they're putting on their best face, their best act. And you're just going to end up in the same situation all over again when they're mask balls. Mm -hmm. I do want a wedding, not necessarily a marriage, (laughs) but I want a party where I wear a big dress and I'm the center of attention and I get to dance all night. 30th and birthday. Oh my, yeah, that's true. Birthday. I'm going to wear a wedding dress on my 30th birthday. Do you have any FWBs? Uh, no, I think that some men are really bad at those. Like they don't know how to have something casual while also treating someone or seeing someone like a whole person <laughs> or else they want the other extreme. Like then they want a whole relationship and like it's somewhere in the middle. And I think a lot of men are really bad at that. So they I don't know. Get how their egos hurt. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you're just really good that they're like, oh, I need a wife, this girl. <laughs> you wife you up. I mean, <laughs> see, and that's sad for them because then I can have that with anybody, but they can't <laughs> if I'm the good part. <laughs> do you think you have trust issues? Heck yeah, I do. A lot. I have trust issues. I do always question people's intentions for me. I'm traumatized. If any, if Alex's phone was next to me and it lit up, I would not look at it. Absolutely not. I just have bad memories of looking at someone's phone. I'm so nosy. Like if I'm at a store and a message comes up, I can see their phone already. <laughs> I know she's said that to me. She's like, who are you texting? And I'm like, it will be like no, a stranger in front of me. I'm like, well, I wonder if they're saying. <laughs> I'm like that with strangers in public. I'm always getting in trouble with Connor because we'll be eating dinner and I can hear the entire conversation next to me or behind me and I'm like they're going through a divorce and their sister doesn't <laughs> love them anymore and Connor's like can you enjoy dinner with me please like I am enjoying it <laughs> very much matters, the opposite will be like oh my god like we won't leave the restaurant until we hear the end of the conversation <laughs> so when did you realize you were it says when you were gay or I guess bisexual and was it scary a lot of times people are like well did you always know um and I don't think so. I, I can't think of when I was little because I just didn't know that was a thing. And I knew I did like boys. So like, I didn't think of anything else. And then growing up, I got really into, so I was super into One Direction, right? And then I was, um, some of you may know what this means. I was a Larry Shipper. So there's two members of the band that I believed, I, I won't speak that much on it, but I believed we're in love. And it made me 
really look into that's where I learned what aromantic was and I was like oh I, I don't think I ever want a relationship and I and I learned how sexuality is a spectrum and oh this was on tumblr I was on tumblr all the time and then I was like well I mean I, I am I think girls are really attractive I am attracted to girls and at that point it was like I don't know if I would ever be in a relationship with a girl but I, I can I'm pretty sure I'm attracted to them and like I think it just grew from there to where I was just pretty comfortable with the idea that I was attracted to to women but then in my relationship, the really bad one um, would joke with me. He's like, um, there was this girl, his friend that I made friends with. And he was like, I think she likes you because she can tell you're bisexual too. And I was like, what, what do you mean? Because I never said anything. And he was like, you like girls, don't you? And I was like, well, yeah, how can you tell? <laughs> but still, I never dated a girl until after him, like a year after him. And it was just, I saw her in a bar and I was like, oh, she's so pretty. I must have her. <laughs> and, and that's like the first time. And then we dated for like, uh, three four months I think um, and that's when I was like oh so for sure for sure I'm bisexual <laughs> but yeah I think it was like a long process I don't and it wasn't scary I didn't um, by the time that I came up about it things were really different and how did that if you even had a conversation with your parents like how did that go over uh, I did it was funny um, so with my dad <laughs> I, I was gonna I was supposed to see her on Valentine's Day and the roads froze over and nobody could go anywhere so I was like my dad wouldn't let me leave the house he's like no it's dangerous and then so I was texting her and she's like well I'll come pick you up and I was like she's gonna come pick me up and he knew she was I would just refer to her as my friend someone I was hanging out with and um and I had told him like she had her own house and she had her own company so when he was saying that I was like I don't understand why does she want to see you so bad? And she has her own house. She has her own company. How does she have all this time to spend with you? I don't get it. And so finally I was like, well, I'm dating her. And he's like, oh, and then like, it just got quiet for a while and we're watching TV. I don't, I think we're watching Grey's Anatomy and um, Meredith was on the screen. He's like, I never thought she was pretty. Do you think she's pretty? What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I think that was a really good experience with my dad. And then he's like, all right, she can come pick you up. Uh, <laughs> And then with my mom, I didn't tell her till that ended because it ended in a really dramatic way. Like she brought another girl to the bar when she was going to be meeting me there. And my cousin was there with me, the wrestler, and she was drunk. So she was angry. She went and punched this girl in the face. Oh, shoot. <laughs> I like that. Damn. Yeah, she had my back. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to tell my mom that story because it's a funny story. And in order to tell her, I had to tell her I had been dating a girl. And it was kind of like, a, she was like, oh, so do you think it's because of your relationship? And I was like, no, it doesn't work that way, mom. It's, I like both. And it was just very, very simple conversation with both of them, like very nothing conversations, which was good. That's funny. I feel like your mom's always so curious. Mm -hmm. I feel like she always asks all the follow-up questions. Yeah, for sure. Like do like, a, that so tells you she was like uncomfortable. <laughs> or do you do it like that? <laughs> so you're happy this way. <laughs> this is what you want for yourself. <laughs> So I have a final question for you. Do you feel like you're going to have kids or want kids? I, uh, I've always wanted kids and I want kids. Um, I used to say my ideal situation was like, I, I would say it this way. I didn't mean it, but I was like, I would want the dad to not want anything to do with me so that it could just be me and my kid. Like that was my ideal situation. Um, but it's okay if they want to stay. I always saw myself being a mom. I could understand why you would say like just be me and my kid because sometimes situations are hard like mm -hmm. if you're both not in it or you're both not in that relationship things can be hard and people could even change 
once you're not in a relationship like I've seen that happen so much like where they're all he was such a great dad and then they're not together no more and now they're just like Mm -hmm. MIA or you know or like in Alyssa's situation how both of them really wanted 100% of Alyssa you know so that's hard I feel yeah it was you were very loved Alyssa no one could take a day not one day without you literally (laughs) yes and I am for I'm so appreciative of that but it was also stressful. I'm saying that might be why you think that way. Like Maybe. you're like, I don't ever want to have to yeah. put my kids through that. You- mm-hmm. Also, it's so important, and I'm I'm not shitting on anybody that do- that doesn't do it. I promise, I'm not shitting on anybody. But it's so important who you have kids with. Oh, it yeah. is. I think a lot of people take it really lightly who they choose to have kids with. And I mean, sometimes they're exes. Okay. I was about to say, sometimes it just happens. That's why you got to be careful. Kind of to touch back, because right now I'm saying, like, yeah, I really want kids. I've always wanted kids. And earlier I said I had an abortion, right? And because I always also had a very clear picture of how I wanted that to be, I wanted to be very intentional. And it was in that relationship that I spoke about that that happened. And I knew, even though I didn't know I could leave, like, I didn't have the idea of leaving, I knew I could not have kids with this person. So it was really hard because I knew I always wanted kids, but yeah. I just, I knew I couldn't in that situation. That is smart because you're attaching that kid to that person for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. That kid and myself. Yeah. Yeah. And your child could potentially be born with sociopathic tendencies or prone to addiction. True. You know, because mm-hmm. it is a disease. I feel like God's just going to have his way of like, making everything happen for the reason like even tragedies that have happened to me like even stuff with my dad mm-hmm. you know what I mean like I feel like there's probably a lot of things like if my dad were still here that I would still be doing that was probably not the best for me like of course I'd want my dad here and like if I can go back a hundred percent like I would make sure he stays with me you know yeah of course. but like I just feel like sometimes like the path is just like what has to happen has to happen yeah I think that's something I I like to tell uh, my clients a lot is that it's hard to say everything has a reason because if something really terrible happens, that's the last thing you want to hear, right? But it's more like you have to give everything a reason in order to survive it or or keep going. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. So that was my episode. I really appreciate you guys bringing in the new year with us. We all really appreciate it. Um, thank you for staying through as you get to know each of us. I hope you got to learn things that you never knew about us because we did as well um you can look forward to new episodes every monday and the video every tuesday Uh, we have a lot of fun things coming your way um especially now that we've all gotten deep we're ready to get into more fun stuff and probably more deep stuff but come along with us yes please please stick around we got some sex top sex (laughs) (laughs) sex top (laughs) sex talk coming up soon here some food review bard reviews <laughs> marriage tapes bards just stick around guys we're a mess, basically, <laughs> for but... more of this <laughs> okay bye bye bye, bye. bye. bye.